since it invaded Ukraine, Russia hasn't just been making enemies and losing friends. In fact, some Central Asian countries, considered part of Russia's backyard thanks to their Soviet heritage, have begun distancing themselves from Moscow. This is Ruscast. I'm Bruce Alyabadi. Let's get started, folks. So what's happening? Well, tensions have been building people. In October last month, Tajik President Eman Ali Rahmanov told Vladimir Putin of Russia at a summit that his country, that's uh, Tajikistan, folks, uh, needs, quote-unquote, more respect. At September Shanghai Cooperation Organization uh, conference, Turkey's president uh, also kept President Putin waiting before a meeting. And last week, while four of Russia's treaty allies, Armenia, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, and Tajikistan, Vladistan, and Armenia, of course, absented from a vote in the United Nations General Assembly that demanded Moscow to pay war damages to Ukraine. So let's not forget, folks, Central Asian countries and Central Asian republics has always been wanted to be free of Russian influence. In fact, seeing Russia falter in Ukraine, uh, they kind of sense their opportunity right now. Let's go to Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan is, in a way, proving the boldest move, in my opinion, in recent years. In a way, if you look at it, many in the region were kind of, in a way, treading carefully at first. No one, in a way, had openly criticized Vladimir Putin and uh, Kyrgyzstan and Tajikistan, by the way. Um, but we got to remember, which depended on Russia and Russian troops for security, were particularly quiet. But it was Kazakhstan, the largest Central Asian economy, by the way, that uh, took the lead, declaring its support for Ukraine's territorial integrity. Soon after, Uzbekistan, the second largest economy in the region, followed suit. Kazakh president, by the way, has had the top job for a year and was elected Sunday, this past Sunday, to a seven-year term. He has repeatedly refused to back Russia's invasion. And Astana, capital of Kazakhstan, in a way, has rejected the Russian manufacture, quote-unquote, independence of Ukrainian region of uh, Lunesk and, Dun um, uh, and uh, Dunesk as well. Well, the signaling hasn't just been diplomatic, folks. At home in Kazakhstan, Astana canceled the annual summer parade, making the World War II defeat of the Nazis by the Soviet Red Army. And it banned the Z, quote-unquote, the Z military symbol used by pro-Russian anti-Ukrainian elements. Most notable, however, was Kazakhstan's refusal to send troops to Ukraine at Moscow's request. Well, this was a special move by the Kazakh president, whose regime was in a way rescued from a violent uprising in January where Russian troops were airlifted to come to his aid. Well, considering the, Rus uh, the Kazakh president's recent move and new elected mandate, I kind of expect that the leader of the richest Central Asia Asian country, you guessed right, is Kazakhstan, to navigate further away from Moscow. Don't forget that Kazakhstan, as the region's largest and the most prosperous and influential player, seems to be in a way asserting greater strategic autonomy. But the Kazakh president, by the way, also faces his own dilemmas in the country. Think about it. Kazakhstan shares the second largest border on the planet with Russia. 
which is by the way 4,750 miles. It's a long border, folks. Well, the country also houses to the second largest number of ethnic Russians after Ukraine, making up just under the quarter of its 19 million strong population. The invasion of Ukraine being in a way uh, uh, viewed on or as an excuse of protecting ethnic Russians is something that would make any Central Asian country with the Russian minority, which is all of them, by the way, makes all of them very nervous. Think about it, Dmitry Medvedev, the former Russian president and Putin's one-time standing, has called Kazakhs an artificial, so-called artificial country, echoing Putin's languages about Ukraine. Also, pro-war commentators in Russia, in the Russian government, by the way, and media have also stepped up their anti-Kazakh rhetorics, accusing Kazakhstan, the country, of being disloyal and even hinting that the, uh, it's, uh, in a way, next in line for invasion. Plus, most Kazakh imports and exports are also dependent on Russia. Kazakhstan is the world's 10th largest energy producer, and 95% of its oil and gas in a way, flow through pipelines that Russia controls. Yes, pipelines Moscow has switched off at will, by the way. So here's a question that the Kazakh president is probably asking himself nowadays. How can Astana, Kazakhstan, reduce its dependence on Russia without drawing its anger? Having the right friends is really important, folks, in life, but also in politics. As regional heavyweights, China and Turkey, are watching this space, but they're also showing up. Both Chinese President Xi Jinping and Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan have recently voiced their support for the Kazakhs, quote-unquote, sovereignty and territorial integrity. Well, if push came to shove, China would probably not get involved directly, considering its, quote-unquote, no-limits friendship with Russia, but Turkey, which is tied to Kazakhs and Kazakhstan through the organizations of Turkic states and even military intelligence cooperation would probably help out a bit. Diversification is key, folks. Kazakhstan wants to avoid suffering secondary sanction and becoming collateral damage. So Astana is seeking solution in the form of new partners, energy routes, and probably diplomatic ties. Again, leading the pack are China and Turkey, both of which, by the way, are bound through new investments, infrastructure, and security deals with the Kazakhs. So Kazakhstan's smart so-called multi-vector foreign policy has helped to develop the inroads with China and the West in recent decades. And I believe that's to Astana's advantage. While Kazakhs' oil and gas flow through Russia, while the increasing use of tankers and rail transports links now amounts to about 5% of its energy export traffic. Well, the idea is to grow these to enhance its so-called middle corridor to connect China to Europe, bypassing Russia entirely by diversifying out of Russian orbit, uh, by the way, won't be coming cheap. Here's another question to consider. The Kaz uh, can Kazakhstan, in a way, escape the situation? Well, I would argue Russia thinks of itself as kind of a big brother in Central Asia and among Central Asian states, and one simply just walk away. Moscow, by the way, watches over the region through diplomatic oversight backed by military might. Regional forums like uh, Shanghai Cooperation Organization that is um, uh, co-leads with 
By the way, China provides its cover, while security pacts like the Collective Security Treaty Organization grants its legitimacy. In a way, maintaining military bases in Kyrgyzstan and Tajikistan, meanwhile, give its muscles. So Astana can diversify, in a way, its trade and diplomacy. But the country's proximity to Russia, compounded by political, cultural, and economic ties, in a way, means Kazakhstan will struggle to fully escape Russia's sphere of influence. So we'll be watching Central Asia and its politics very closely. This, that's it for today, folks. Thank you for listening to Ruskas. I'm Ruz Alibadi. See you next time.